Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash nuclear revenge video. Today we've got a crazy story involving a mayor. But first, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. That said, our first story of the day is getting my mayor investigated by the FBI. When I was young, I got a chemistry set and a football for my birthday. My mom got me the chemistry set and my dad gave me the football. I immediately fell in love with the chemistry set. I went through all the materials and experiments in a week. So my mom started buying me a new one every month. My dad wasn't happy about this because he wanted me to play football and insisted that I spend more time outside. But whenever we went outside to play, I'd just stand around not throwing or catching the ball. I'd be thinking of new experiments I want to try because the ones that came in the box were boring. I kept getting the sets because the chemicals were useful and I was running my own experiments with them. I eventually started doing my own research online and incorporating household chemicals into my tests. Obviously, as life for my kind goes, I entered science fairs and I did pretty well. Sometimes I won, other times I just placed. This was never good enough for my dad. He used to be some kind of football star in his hometown and also played in college, but he never went pro. So he wanted me to do that as well and go all the way, but that was never going to happen. Eventually, my dad got tired of trying to convince me to play, so we moved from the city and went to live in his hometown. We moved in the middle of my junior year, so football season was over and I had to prep for college and a new high school. Like most small mining towns, football was a religion and everybody was a part of it. As it turned out, the town was having its first science fair that summer, and for me it was like a sign from above, so I entered. My dad wasn't too pleased. I spent the next five months working out of my grandparents' garage because the place we moved into wasn't big enough for all of my stuff. I'd been collecting equipment and materials since I was six, and my mom's dad was more than happy to park his car outside for me to set up my lab in his garage. I was working on a clean energy machine which could run on water and other renewable chemicals for the science fair. I'd also picked up a bit of robotics and engineering, so I was building everything myself. By the time the school year ended, I was pretty much done with my model car and water engine. I was doing a couple of test runs for my family the week before the fair just to make sure that everything was running smoothly. A few days later, my grandparents' garage was broken into and all my things were stolen. The car, my notes, my equipment, everything was gone. I was devastated. I didn't leave my room until the day of the fair. I wasn't going to go, but my mom convinced me saying that if I checked out the competition this year, maybe that'll inspire me to start planning for next year. She knew which buttons to push because I'm incredibly competitive. Someone had stolen my project, and maybe they were brazen enough to show up to the competition with my car. I decided to go just so I could see who it was and confront them openly. My granddad took me and my mom to the fair, which was held in the center of town. Apparently, football wasn't bringing in the money to the town as it used to, so the mayor wanted to diversify to attract more attention, which is why he was hosting the science fair. For fairs like this, to get attention, the participants must be able to move up to region, state, or national level using the local fair as a qualifier. This meant there had to be external judges at the fair. 
Most of the exhibits were average. Nobody really brought anything that could compete on the higher levels, except for one girl. She had the most outstanding project by far. It was a self-built model car that runs on clean energy, water and other renewable chemicals. I was about to rage when my granddad quietly whispered, it's the mayor's daughter. I wasn't stupid. I knew exactly what that meant. If I, the newcomer to town, walked up to the mayor's daughter and accused her of stealing from me, it would not end well for me or my family. I was seething when I saw that blue ribbon handed to her. My mom just put her hand on my shoulder and said, I'm proud of you. That was enough for me to know that whatever I did, I couldn't drag my mom into it. But I was going to get even. About a month later, I still had no idea what to do when my dad called me downstairs. He straight up told me that I was going to try out for the football team and that I had no choice. Just as I was about to protest, he made it clear that if I even hoped to start replacing all the stuff that had been stolen, I had to try out and give a genuine effort. I hadn't run an experiment or built anything since my things were stolen, and I was planning on getting a job to help pay to replace my equipment. But if my parents weren't going to give any money to help me, there was no way I would afford to replace my stuff. I had no choice if I wanted to enter next year's competition, so I said yes. My dad told me to pack a bag because the bus to camp was leaving that afternoon. I was out of my element on that bus. I wasn't some sort of geeky loner who lived in his garage all day. I had friends in my old high school. We even started a chemistry club, but this was different. I had no way to relate to these guys and we all knew that I didn't belong there. It was going to be two weeks of heck and I knew that I had to try. I'm not a klutz, you can't be when you're working with sensitive materials but I was also not athletic. I had no strength, speed, stamina, or toughness. If I were an RPG character, I'd be a cleric. Everything was put into intelligence and some dexterity. I was last in everything. Running, benching, throwing, tackling, taking hits. I could catch, sometimes, but I was slow. So there was no prospect of me getting onto the team. It just wasn't going to happen. It happened. We were told at the end of camp that we'll get a call if we made the team and what time morning practice will start. I wasn't expecting a call, so I didn't go through the anxiety the others were going through waiting for that call. My anxiety started when the call came. The coach told me to come in the day before practice starts because he wanted to talk to me personally. It wasn't a very long conversation, but the gist of it was that even though I had no talent or skill, I showed heart, and that mattered in a football team. The chances of me actually playing were slim, but I could still improve as the season went on. He then gave me a stack of DVDs to watch so I could learn the rules and positions on the team. As I was leaving, I noticed a picture on his desk and recognized it as the same one my dad had on the wall with his trophies. My dad and the coach played together in high school. I then knew how I got onto the team. It just made no sense. My dad was so happy with the news that he pulled out his credit card and sat down next to me while I ordered some new equipment from my lab. I knew the whole thing was rigged, but I didn't care. I was getting my stuff and I didn't have to get a part-time job to pay for it. I did, however, have to get up at 4am for football practice. I'm not going to lie, I was a night owl and getting up early was not my thing. But after about a month of early mornings, the running, the training, and actually eating proper meals, I was starting to feel good about myself. I had more energy and I could think more clearly than I ever had before. No wonder jocks feel so good about themselves all the time. 
All the testosterone and endorphins, it was like being high all the time. That high was brought down by the fact that I was now in the same chemistry class as the mayor's daughter. She wasn't stupid, but she wasn't science fair material. She or her dad were smart enough not to try and go to the higher level competitions, because she would have been exposed in a heartbeat. She was a really good actress because she acted like she didn't know who I was at all. Like she didn't know that that blue ribbon she got was because of my hard work. My dad started showing interest in my experiments and asking questions about what I was doing. He even drove me to the first game, which was about a month after camp ended. I rode the bench the entire game. We were pretty good and by that I mean we won. After the game, I saw my dad talking to the coach and a man who looked like a slightly older version of the coach. I asked one of my teammates and he said that the older guy was the coach's brother, the mayor. Everything immediately made sense. I suspected that my dad stole my stuff and gave it to the mayor for his daughter to win the science fair. In exchange, the mayor convinced his brother, the coach, to give me a spot on the team. So probably his daughter didn't know where the car came from, but still, she still took credit for someone else's work. So she was going to pay along with the rest of them, except maybe the coach. I don't know how much he was a part of this or not, and he was actually nice to me. The next four months were filled with 4am training, riding the bench, and planning my revenge. I never stepped on the field during a game, but I was in the best shape of my life when the season ended. I also had something sporty to add to my college application, so in some way I owed my dad, but it wasn't enough to forgive him. He got to brag around town that his son was on the varsity team and that I was even going to play at Harvard because I had the grades to get in. By then, I'd also determined that the coach was simply doing a favor for his brother and a former teammate, and that he knew nothing about what my dad and the mayor had done. When the new calendar year rolled over, the mayor once again announced the second annual science fair, and I was ready to punish those who stole from me. This time, my granddad put extra security on the garage, so I was the only one with access. My dad at every now and then asked me what I was planning for the new fair, and all I kept telling him was that it was a secret. After the fair was announced, he was asking me more often, and I knew then what he had in mind. At the same time, some of the other students had been asking the mayor's daughter if she was entering again this year, and what her project was going to be. All she kept saying was that it was a secret. The way I figured it was that she either asked her dad if he was helping her out again this year, or he told her that she'd have something again for this year's fair. Either way, my dad was definitely involved. For my plan to work, I need to get the mayor's daughter to up her chemistry level. I offered to be her lab partner and even tutor her for free. This is how I knew she didn't know who I was. So once a week, I was raising her skill and knowledge level to the point where she would be her own worst enemy. I told her that I was also entering the science fair with a secret project and that if I managed to get it right, one day, I was going to make millions of dollars from it. I started carrying a notebook that I wrote all my plans for the project in. I made sure my dad saw me writing in it, but never what I was writing in it. I made sure that no one else saw me writing in it. To be clear, I'm 100% digital. Everything I research and experiment with is saved on an air-gapped encrypted drive. I learned after the first time. Every once in a while, I'd forget it somewhere near my dad to see if he'd take a peek. He didn't. Not until it was sure I was going to be away for a while, like doing a number two. And so one day he took a look, and on the first page he saw my thesis. It read, 
the creation of an environmentally safe industrial solvent that can be stored dry and activated with water. I wrote a little bit extra about the effects such a solvent would have on a mine, but I didn't go into details about the project yet. Over the next few days, he kept asking me what I was working on and if it would make a lot of money. I tried to pretend that I was hiding something so it would confirm his suspicions. The truth was that an environmentally safe industrial solvent would have a major boost for a mining operation. It would reduce the costs of safety measures, EPA requirements, the need to crush or blast rock to separate whatever you are mining from the surrounding material. Something like this would make a town rich, and the patent holder even richer. The trick now was to feed them information in drips so that they could slowly dig themselves into a hole without realizing. I started with some equipment first. I made a list of things I would need to synthesize the best version of the compound. I made sure of two things. First, that I didn't have that kind of equipment, and second, that it was available at the school. I even made some notes about how not having the equipment was fine because I could make the solvent with what I have, but it will be of a lower. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend, but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Our standard, and since no one will have anything close to it, it wouldn't matter. Once I was sure that my dad had peeked at my notebook to get the list of equipment, I then started making notes on my process. The first step I had was the distillation of certain chemicals and compounds. I made reminders of how dangerous these compounds were to reduce and that I should practice with safer substitutes that had similar viscosities and textures until I got my personal protective equipment. This was all BS. You can't practice mixing chemicals with substitutes, but I knew that they didn't know any better. Wouldn't you believe it, a couple of days later, the mayor's daughter asks me how to mix these substitutes. And now, I knew I had them all. She was an active participant in the scheme. Most likely she didn't know it was my project she was stealing, but her dad probably told her to ask me to help her. So I trained her how to operate the equipment at school that matched what they had at home, which they got from my wish list. Whenever she had made good progress on a machine or equipment, I would add more steps to my notebook for my dad to spy on. This would then bring her back to me for more tutoring. Her chemistry marks were going up and she was starting to take some initiative in her studying. Now, I need to be honest, I was still a teenage boy. Yeah, I was on the football team for half a second, but I spent most of my life in labs and clubs. I had never spent so much time with a girl before. Forget about being alone with one. 
As I got to know her, she didn't seem like such a bad person. I didn't realize that I was catching feelings for her until my mom pointed it out. I was sitting at dinner picking up my food when my mom asked me, what's her name? Yeah, I was super confused and defensive. She said I was smiling at my food and not eating it. Even before I started exercising, I was a fast eater because I wanted to get back to work. And even though football season was over, I still kept up my training because I enjoyed being in shape. So I always ate my food, except that night it seems that I wasn't. Apparently I was smiling at my food like an idiot. I knew I was in some kind of trouble. I had to take stock and figure out what went wrong. When I took a step back and evaluated the situation rationally, I realized that I was being stupid. This girl was my enemy, and I had to remember that. I psyched myself up and ran through all the things I would do to remain objective when we met for our tutoring session the next day. The moment she stepped into the room the next day, I was lightheaded. I never noticed that before. My ears were burning and it felt like my eyes were trying to climb out of my skull. I'm a man of science, but this felt like witchcraft. I started going through the list of reasons why I hated this girl and I ended with thinking, God help me. There wasn't much left to teach her. She knew everything that was necessary to create the compound except the materials. I knew that if I stopped here, everything was still okay. Because once they got that list of ingredients, there was no going back. I was unsure of what to do. I walked her out to the parking lot after we were done because I'm still a gentleman. And that day, for the first time, her dad picked her up from school. He got out of the car and she introduced me to him. He shook my hand and said, I know your dad. He's a good man. He's doing what's best for you. I'm not making any excuses. Everything I did was my own choice. I made my own decisions throughout the entire scheme. But at that moment, I told myself that he made the choice for me. When I got home that night, I made sure that my dad saw me writing in my journal. I wrote down that I'd completed my final tests, that the compound works. It was not as pure as I would have liked it, but when I get better equipment after winning the fair, I'll make a better version for nationals. I also added the final list of ingredients for the solvent. I got up to go to the bathroom and forgot my notebook on the table. I walked around the corner, opened the bathroom door, and closed it without going in. I then peeked around the corner and saw him taking photos with his phone of what I'd just written. I then quietly opened the bathroom door, flushed, and went back to get my notebook. I burned it the next day. Before we go further, I need to tell you a little bit about ricin. Ricin kills. Doesn't matter if you inhale it, touch it, or ingest it. If a high quality sample gets into your body, you will die a painful death if you aren't treated immediately. You can make it at home with whatever you find under the kitchen sink, but it's not all that deadly if you're not using the right equipment. Homemade ricin will probably put someone in a coma and have them wake up with a bad stomach ache. The serious version can be airborne, water-soluble, injected, and it's mass casualties. So you can imagine the authorities not having a kind view on ricin. I sent an anonymous tip to the state police that I suspected the mayor of making meth. Let me say this out the gate. It takes time to make ricin, but it's deadly which is why I made sure they had the personal protective equipment. I never intended for them to make any of it. I was hoping the Stadies would show up in time to raid the mayor's house and find the lab with the equipment, materials and recipe, and the ricin still being cooked up. I figured a day for them to deal with the bureaucracy, maybe do a stakeout, and then they do the raid. After a week with no arrest, I was getting worried. 
I'd seen the mayor's daughter at school, so I knew they hadn't ended themselves yet. But if they'd followed the steps correctly, it'll be soon when they have a workable compound and they'll no doubt want to test it. If they did that thinking it was an environmentally safe compound or even spilled some in the lab, they were dead. That was not what I'd planned. I kept looking over at the mayor's daughter in class, wondering what I should do when the vice principal came in and told her she was going home early. I never saw her again after that. It turns out that the moment the mayor's name went into the state's police system, all kinds of flags went off. They were immediately told to back off by the FBI. The mayor's purchases of the equipment off of the list my dad snooped put him on a watch list. The moment he went and bought 10 times the amount of ingredients I suggested, they started full surveillance on him. They watched him and his daughter cook up the ricin and arrested them when they were out of the lab and before they could finish it. The mayor obviously accused my dad of giving him the recipe, saying it came from me. They were copying my science fair project. My dad sold me out immediately, saying that he was taking photos of my notebook. Of course, there was no notebook. And as everyone knows, I'm completely digital. When the feds went to look at my grandparents' garage, they found equipment and parts for a model car that runs on clean energy. I had restarted my project from scratch, making it even better than the last time. There was zero evidence pointing to me, and those other three went to the kind of prison that doesn't allow visitors. While it might be understandable why OP did what they did, do you guys agree with me that OP risked way too much here? Or was OP with covering their tracks and what they did justifiable? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. And our final story of the day is shutting down a cheating ex. When I graduated from university, I went to work for the city as an engineer. My parents couldn't afford to send me, so the state paid for my tuition. In exchange, I had to work an equal number of years for the city as I had studied. I was given a small salary, which I used to pay for rent and food. I couldn't afford anything else. I was really into music, one band in particular, and I listened to everything they put out there. I ran into a girl one day who was wearing one of their concert tour t-shirts. She was model quality attractive, and I could tell immediately that she wasn't a poser. There was just something about that that made me think she was the real deal. So I went up to her and said some of the lyrics from one of my favorite songs to see what she would do. She sang the rest of the song perfectly. I was pretty much in love at that point. She moved in with me soon after. She didn't really have a job because she was an actress or trying to be one. So she was picking up small parts here and there and the rest of the time trying to make some money bussing. It was tight but we made it work. We even talked about marriage one day when her things started picking up. One day, I went to have lunch with a friend of mine from university who also studied engineering. He came from money, like real money. So he went straight into one of the biggest engineering companies in the country. So on top of his family money, he was getting corporate money. Anyway, we were just catching up and my girlfriend was in the area and wanted to say hi to me. I introduced her to my friend and we talked a little bit about her acting and singing and he offered to introduce her to some people he knew. I thought he was just being nice, like something people with money say to everyone else because they can. A few weeks later, he gave me a call and said that he mentioned my girlfriend to someone he knows, and if she was available to come and try out for a part. I was happy for her and told her about it, and she went. She got the part, and it started moving her career in the direction we'd been hoping for. 
I still had one more year with the city and I had some job prospects lined up for when I was done. So, we had the marriage conversation again and we started planning a date for our engagement. Because her work was starting to pick up, she was out a lot more, having to network and audition, as well as be on set a lot. So, I didn't see as much of her as I used to, but we'd settled on a date for when we were going to have our engagement party. And it just so happened to be around the time when our favorite band was on tour in our area. So, we figured we'll do the party in the afternoon and then go to the concert that night. I really didn't have a lot of money, but I had a little bit of savings. And I wanted it to be a special night. So, I used my savings to buy a ring and the concert tickets. In the weeks leading up to the concert and the engagement, she started seeming less and less enthusiastic about the whole thing. I'd already told my family and they were coming from quite far away for the party. I hadn't met her family yet and when I asked her about it, she said she hadn't told them yet. The day before the engagement, my parents arrived and had booked into a hotel nearby. I went to have breakfast with them at the hotel because I hadn't seen them in a while and I didn't want the first time to be at the engagement. When I got back to my apartment, my girlfriend's things were gone. I called her to find out what's going on and my friend picked up. He told me that he and my girlfriend had been seeing each other for a while and that she didn't want to get engaged to me anymore. He said that I should be a gentleman and respect her wishes and not try to contact her. Obviously, I spent the rest of the day texting and calling her, but she responded to none of my messages and didn't pick up my calls. I wanted answers. I wanted to know why, if she didn't want to be with me, would she string me along? I eventually got onto her social media, so I tried to contact her there when I saw that she posted that morning that she can't wait for the concert that night and she was holding two backstage passes in her hand. I was simultaneously raging and calm at the same time. I went to the hotel and told my parents what had happened and apologized to them for having wasted their time and money coming to see their idiot son. Like good parents, they tried to console me but I just told them that I'd be fine and that they should just go home. I then went to the office and got a layout of this city grid. I wrote down the address of what I was looking for and got in my car and drove to the site. Once I got there, it was dark and the concert was jumping. I could hear it from where I was, even the crowd. I walked up to the junction box for the entire area, opened it, and shut down the power. I could swear, I feel like I saw a video like kind of similar to this where somebody like was upset they couldn't get into a party or a concert and shut the power off from far away. I'm sure this is the kind of thing that felt great for OP, but let's be real, OP's kind of a jerk because everybody else that paid for those concert tickets are getting totally screwed. I get it, but it kind of sucks, but I get it, you know? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another revenge story that was crazier than both of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or, if you missed my latest video, click on the right. That said, though, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.